0: Thrilled that you're here today. We are starting a brand new series entitled Healer. Can you say Healer? Healer. Uh, Here's what I love about Jesus. Jesus is still healing lives. He's our healer. And uh, over the next number of weeks, we're going to be talking and looking at some of the miracle accounts that we see in the book of Mark. Mark, more than any other gospel, chronicles some of the healing events that take place and I've entitled today's message this, The Deepest Need. The Deepest Need. If you're taking notes, we'd love for you to to jot that down, or you can take notes in the Life Center app. All the scriptures and points are are loaded there for you. Uh, But The Deepest Need. When I was 16, if you were to ask 16-year-old Tyler Soley what his deepest need was, My deepest need at that point was to have a sound system loud enough in my car that you could hear me coming from a few blocks away. But the problem is I I didn't have that. What I had was a 1978 Datsun B210 hatchback. It had fake leather seats that I would armor all all the time so if I turned, I would slide. I, I loved that car, but I needed a sound system where you could both hear me and feel me coming. So one day, my parents were gone, and in our upstairs living room, we had these speaker stacks. And when nobody was looking, I grabbed the speaker stack, walked out to the 1978 Datsun B210 hatchback, opened up the hatchback, put the stacked speaker in there, figured out how to wire it, and I started driving around the streets of Tacoma just letting people know I am here. I'm here. Eventually, I was able to upgrade and get a proper subwoofer, put it in the back of my 1978 Datsun B-210 hatchback, and then somebody decided to break into my car in front of my house one day. Come on, Tacoma. (laughs) And uh, the sub was no more. But now I'm conflicted because I I upgraded my sound system. You could both hear me and feel me coming. I mean, 78 Datsun B-210, just bumping and All of a sudden, the bump is gone. And so what do I do? Well, I happen to know where some stacks of speakers are. And so whenever my parents were gone, I would go back upstairs, grab these big speakers, load them into the back of my car. And and that was 16-year-old Tyler Soley's deepest need at that point. Wouldn't it be nice to rewind the tape to your life? Remember your deepest need when you were 16? A little bit different, and I know... Here's what I've grown to understand. Every season, every age, every phase of our lives, we have different needs. Some of our needs are are maybe a a lot more serious than than needing a a great sound system in our car. And maybe that's where you're at today. If if that's where you're at, I know some people who can sell you some stacks of speakers and, and get your car hooked up. But the reality is, Every single person breathing today has needs. In fact, for those of us who have ever taken a a psychology class, you might remember Abraham Maslow. He was known for creating his hierarchy of need. In fact, this goes all the way back to nineteen. 43 where he said there's there's certain needs at a fundamental level and once those needs are met you go to a different level and a different level and a different level and so that base level of human need he said was physiological need so food water shelter clothing sleep come on how many can say amen to that last one right there sleep some of you you would add coffee to that list because you're like on your second round and you're still trying to wake up right now. But, but physiological needs, that, that's the most basic level of, of human need. And then from there, we graduate to the need for safety and security. And from there, we graduate to the need of a sense of love and belonging. Once we feel safe and secure, we then need to know, do I belong? Is there people who actually care for me? The fourth level, according to Maslow, was this idea of esteem. In other words, a sense of confidence or respect from other people and finally arriving at what he considered mankind's highest need, which was self-actualization. In other words, living with a sense of purpose or meaning in life. Here's what's interesting. This week as I was studying and I, I revisited His hierarchy of need, I I began to chuckle a little bit because I looked at that list and I realized man, as a follower of Jesus, everything on that list is both provided and sustained in a relationship with God. Think about it all of our physiological needs food, water, shelter we believe that God is our provider that God has us, that sense of safety and security. We know that God is our defender. He is our refuge, that sense of love and belonging. We know that there is no other place that we can experience love like the grace of Jesus. You see, all of these things that a psychologist way back in the 1940s was pointed to, thousands of years before, scripture was already declaring, here's the source of those deepest needs in your life. It's found in a relationship with God. And one of the great things that Scripture draws our attention to, as I've said over the last number of weeks throughout the book of Judges that we were studying through, Scripture is one unified story that leads us, it points us to Jesus. And in Matthew's gospel, he gives a, an incredible summary statement of when Jesus began his earthly ministry at the age of 30. Matthew chapter four, verse 23, it says this. Now Jesus began to go all over Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Three key things that, that really marked the ministry of Jesus, what was he doing? He was, he was gathering together with the Jews in the synagogue to preach and teach about the law and the prophets. But his message was unique. In fact, as we read early in the Gospel of Mark, that people were surprised that Jesus taught with authority. Can you say authority? In fact, it's one of the things that marked Jesus' that he taught with authority. Specifically, his central message was that the kingdom of God had arrived. In fact, he was the embodiment, the the one who was declaring the kingdom of heaven is here. And as evidence that the kingdom had arrived, Jesus is going around, he's healing people, and lives are being transformed. You see, the four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they point us to the life and the ministry of Jesus. They teach us about his life, his death, and his resurrection. And in those four gospels, there's 37 recorded miracles that are documented. Now we know through John's gospel that there was actually much more than that because John, in his gospel in John chapter 21, he said, if we were to write down all of the things that Jesus did, All of the books in the world could not contain what he accomplished. I love that. Understand, Jesus did some incredible things. And though we continue to go back to this ancient book, it's an ancient book about an ancient people group with with an ancient story, but it's relevant for today. But here's where I want us to to maybe lean in a little bit over these next number of weeks. Because some of us, when we read about the miracles of Jesus, we read about it like it's a history lesson. Well, Tyler, that was then. This is now. You see, Jesus did some incredible miracles. He he raised the dead. He healed the blind. He cleansed the lepers. He, He cast out demons. They all point to Jesus' authority as God. But understand, the author of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 13, reminds us of an important truth. Hebrews 13, verse 8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same. Can you say same? same? Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, come on, can you say those three words with me? Yesterday, today, and forever. Friends, if we get a hold of this, it changes everything. Because what we understand is that that the Jesus that we read about in the Gospels, the heart that he had, the compassion that he had, the passion that he had, it is the same yesterday, today, right now, but it's also waiting for me tomorrow, in the next day, in the next week, in the next month, in the next year. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, today. And forever. And here's what that means on a very real level for each and every one of us Jesus is still bringing healing, freedom, and hope. Amen. Today, you might be in a place where you need healing. Can I tell you? Jesus is still healing. You might need some freedom. Can I tell you? Jesus is still setting captives free. You might need some hope. Guess what? He's the ultimate dispenser of hope. See, where in your life do you you need the healer to show up? Because I want to let you know, Jesus is here. Where do you need that that sense of freedom to, to break out of what has you bound up? Jesus is here. Where do you need hope to actually be realized in your life? Jesus is here. Jesus is the source of it all. And today... As we look to Mark chapter 2, we're gonna read a story about a man who is in a broken condition. He can't get himself to Jesus, but thank goodness he had some friends who were filled with some faith. Yeah, here's what I want us to know kind of the, the key thought today is this forgiveness, can you say forgiveness? Forgiveness is healing we all need. Forgiveness is healing. That we all need. We're going to talk about physical healing. We're going to talk about emotional healing. We're going to talk about healing in relationships, healing from addiction. We're going to talk about those things. But today, we need to understand what our deepest need actually is. And what is that? Our deepest need is forgiveness. Why? Sin is the greatest sickness in our world. Now, now, some of you might not like, well, Tyler, I, I don't want to show up at church and hear about sin. <laughs> Understand, sin is, it's an it's a old word. It was actually an archery term. All sin means is missing the mark. Missing the bullseye. In other words, God, God had this perfect standard, this, this perfect desire, this perfect design, but, but as humans, humanity, we've, we've missed the mark. And I think we all could agree at some level in our lives, we've probably missed the mark. But as we look around our world, we got to understand, what is the greatest sickness? What is the greatest need? Man, there's a lot of issues in our world. There's a lot of issues in our city. There's a lot of issues in our county. But the greatest need is for something to be done about this sickness called sin. Why? Because every day we, we see, we feel, and we experience the ravaging effect of sin, Think about it, abuse and neglect, addiction and destruction, selfishness and shame. Sin continues to both mar and mark us and others, people who were created to be image bearers of God, walking in unbroken, unhindered relationship with our Father. But now because of sin, we see the effect and the impact everywhere we go. But Here's the good news. Jesus came to bring healing to a sin-shattered world. That's why Jesus came. And many of us, many of us, we, we know and we recognize that as people, we got needs. In fact, when I asked that question, what, What is your deepest need? Today, some of us, we we got a whole list of things. In fact, this last Wednesday night at our prayer night, we were gathered together. A lady walked forward for prayer. She's already beat stage four cancer, but there was a mark that showed up in a recent scan. She's carrying that concern. And can I tell you, the ability in that moment to link faith with her and say, you know what? God is able. We're gonna believe, we're gonna pray. We, we see the effect of living in a world that's fallen, that's broken. These bodies don't always function like they're supposed to. Our relationships don't always work like they hope that we will. And, and we run into these dynamics in life where we see the impact and the effect of sin. Today, we all have needs. Some of you right now, you feel like your greatest need is another cup of coffee. That that may be where you're at, and that's okay. Some of you right now, you feel like your greatest need is to make sure you get your fantasy lineup correct so that you can win this week. Some of our needs are maybe a little bit heavier, a little bit more serious. Today, consider for a moment, what, what is your greatest need, your deepest need? Look with me to Mark chapter two. Mark chapter two. At this point, in Mark's gospel, we've seen Jesus show up in his teaching ministry. In other words, he, he began at the year of 30 years old. He begins to go about, around, go about teaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And Mark begins to document this, and he says there's something interesting about Jesus, that he's teaching with authority. In fact, Jesus, in Mark chapter 1, he walks into a synagogue one day, and he's preaching about the inbreaking of the kingdom, and in a church service, somebody is a part of the church, so to speak. It's the actual synagogue, but they begin to manifest an evil spirit. You see, there there was a cultural religion of that day, but people still not necessarily set free. And here's my prayer that we don't have a cultural religion we have the real thing here. And my my prayer is that if there's some people who need to be set free, they're gonna find freedom these next few weeks. So we look to Jesus. Jesus sets that person free, a a leper, somebody with a skin condition that made them ceremonially unclean. Jesus looks at this individual, reaches out his hand, touches him, and says, be clean, and he's, he's healed. So Jesus has begun to travel around and preach the arrival of the kingdom and and heal bodies, and now we find ourselves in Mark chapter two. Look with me in verse one. It says this. When he, speaking of Jesus, entered Capernaum again, after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many people gathered together that there was no more room, not even in the doorway, and he was speaking the word to them. They came to him, bringing a paralytic, carried by four of them. Here's what's interesting. We don't know their names, but we keep telling their story. These four friends carry their friend who was paralyzed on a mat, and it says this. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and after digging through it, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was laying. And seeing their faith, you say their faith, seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Jesus, don't don't you see what condition he's in? Jesus, don't you care about the, the physical need? Jesus, why are you saying this about sin? Well, let's keep reading. Verse six, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does he speak like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And brothers and sisters, that is the point. God is there in the flesh right in front of them. Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. Jesus has the ability to forgive sins. And the scribes and the Pharisees, here, here's what should cause us to pause for a second. Because Jesus knows their thoughts, not just their actions. Jesus perceives what they're, what they're thinking, and it says this, right away, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were thinking like this within themselves, and said to them, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take up your mat, and walk. Now, consider that question. Which is easier? Well, it's easier to look at somebody and say, hey, guess what, You're, you're forgiven, because there's no visible effect of that statement. Only God would actually be able to discern if somebody's debt had been forgiven. So it's a lot easier to say something that has no Visible manifestation. But Jesus goes on to say this. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has what? Authority. Authority. So that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He told the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Immediately, he got up, took the mat, and went out in front of everyone. And as a result, they were all astounded and gave glory to God, saying, We've never seen anything like this. I love that Jesus, here in this, this story, it's a reminder that he had and has authority to forgive sins and bring healing to our soul, but also he has authority to bring healing. To our physical bodies. I look at this story and I, I notice kind of three categories of people. There's a man on a mat. He's paralyzed. He's, he's unable to, to get himself because of the condition he, he's in. He's unable to get himself to Jesus. Thankfully, the man on the mat has some friends who end up on the roof. But also notice there's there's a crowd, and what's interesting, this crowd, they're interested in hearing the words of Jesus. They're interested in being around Jesus, but I don't think they realize they become the obstacle to others receiving access to Jesus. Life Center, let's never get so comfortable that we become a crowd gathered around Jesus and we don't even realize we're blocking people from getting to Jesus. See, I look at this story. There's a few concepts that I want us to understand today. Number one is this, whatever has you overwhelmed, Jesus has already overcome. Whatever has you overwhelmed in your life, there there might be some big things. You might be overwhelmed by the state of the economy right now and inflation and gas prices going back up and and concerned about employment or your employees, whatever it is. You you might have some legit concerns that are overwhelming you today, but I want to remind you, whatever it is that has you overwhelmed, Jesus has already overcome. Jesus has provided. Jesus has done for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Think about this man on this mat, paralyzed, unable to walk, unable to get himself to Jesus. Think about how overwhelming that that moment would have been where he hears that Jesus, this miracle worker, is back in town, but he can't do anything to get himself there. There's this collision of, of his need and his inability to do anything about it. Maybe that's a good description of where you find yourself today. You're overwhelmed. You're you're not sure how the the ends are going to meet. You're not sure how this thing actually works itself out. But here's good news. Jesus, he's already overcome. See, even in our lives, over the last number of years, there's been some overwhelming moments as we've journeyed the road that we've been on with Amber and her vocal diagnosis. Some of you are aware of the story, but we've spent multiple years trying to discover what's going on, why my wife is losing her her vocal strength. Scopes, scans, speech therapy on and on down the list until we finally discovered there was, there was a diagnosis of a neurological condition in her vocal cords, which then led into about 10 years of, of treatment where the voice would get a little bit better and then a little bit worse, a little bit better, a little bit worse, and 10 years of journeying, wondering what would become of her ability to speak. In the last two years, she's had two different vocal surgeries. Can I tell you, there's been multiple moments where I've been overwhelmed. There's been moments where I'm like, God, I, I would do anything to take this off of my wife. I would do anything to make sure that she's able to, to speak like she was created to speak. Every now and then, I know people well-intentioned, they, they come up to me and say, well, it must be nice that your wife can't yell at you. I'm just like, man, I would do anything that her voice would work and, and function. And listen, just because you're a follower of Jesus does not mean you're not going to have some overwhelming moments. But this is where our faith begins to rise up. Why? Because whatever I'm overwhelmed by, Jesus has already overcome. Jesus has already provided. Jesus is my source. I can trust in him. number of years ago, I was with a friend down at St. Joe's, just a couple blocks from where we're sitting today. And I remember grabbing his hand. He's in the final stages of battling cancer. And I looked him in the eye and I said, Bernie, don't forget, no matter what happens as a follower of Jesus, we win. Bernie, if you're healed tonight, you win. If you're healed a month from now, you win. If Jesus calls you home tonight, guess what? You win. Why? Because eternity is certain. Jesus has overcome. Jesus has provided everything we need to have that sense of assurance in our lives. He's overcome. He's able And so hear me today, friend. What is a challenge for us is not a challenge for Jesus. The the things that we worry about, Jesus is not wringing his hands going, man, I hope they don't walk forward about that need. (sighs) Just stay in your seat. Jesus isn't like that. What overwhelms us doesn't overwhelm him. Why? Because he's already overcome. And that changes everything. But also don't, don't miss this important truth. The obstacle for you, it may be real. I look at this story and the, the obstacles for this man on the mat and now his four friends that get involved, the obstacles may be real, but don't miss this. But so is the faith. So is the faith. The obstacles that, that these four men carrying their friend, they were real. Was the crowd real? yes. But so was the faith that they had to get him to Jesus. The obstacles may be real. And I get it, there, there might be some obstacles that, that have you kind of unnerved right now. You're, you're, you're subtly panicking, not externally, because again, when we show up to church, we gotta act like we have it all together. But internally, we're, we're kind of nervous, we're kind of freaking out, we're kind of going, I don't know how this is gonna work out. And, and those Obstacles that seem overwhelming understand, they become a sacred opportunity to walk by faith. To walk by faith. Today, your faith may be lacking, but this is where having a good theology and understanding of the importance of the body of Christ is so vital. Why? Because what you might be lacking, the person sitting next to you might be full of right now. You might be lacking faith and they're like, man, I got all the faith in the world, let's pray. This is why we need to come together to be in biblical community. We need relationship. Man, I'm thankful for church online, but at times, if we can get into the house, we need to be in the house of God. Why? Because there's something about being in relationship, praying with one another, coming in agreement. What you are lacking today, someone near you might have. Isn't this what we see with the faith of these nameless four friends? We don't know their name. We don't know all of their issues, but we know this. They have faith for their friend. And imagine they, they, they pick up their friend. They begin this journey because they, they heard that Jesus is back at this house. And they make their way over there. And, and I want you to notice a number of things about the faith of these four friends. First notice that they had a compassionate faith. You see, they were convinced that Jesus can and will help their friend out. We need to have a compassionate faith. Not only that, they had a persistent faith. They did not give up no matter the obstacles. What I love about these four friends, they also had a creative faith. Anybody else you have some creative friends? As I, as I think about this story, I've read this story, I've preached through this story a number of times, and I can't help but think one of the guys on the front of the mat, he's like that type of friend you have when they come up with an idea, they get that crazy look in their eye. Anybody else have that friend? They turn around and they, they meet the crowd, and I wonder if the guy on the mat's going, well, thanks guys for at least trying. And, and that one friend turns around and goes, oh, we ain't done. What I love is the guy on the mat has no say in the matter now at this point. He's along quite literally for the ride because they make their way up the stairs to the top of the house. And, and he's saying, what, what are we doing? Where are we going? And all of a sudden, that other crazy friend gets a crazy look in his eye and he's like, let's dig. They start digging through the roof. What's so funny about us reading this story in 2022 in America? We're like, oh, that's so cute. They, read the, they, they dug through the roof. No, imagine you're sitting at your house you're having dinner with your family. All of a sudden you hear a chainsaw fire up. It's like, and like somebody gets lowered down right in front. You'd be like, my roof. You would not be okay with what's going on, but can we just give it up for these guys? They had some creative faith, some creative faith, some courageous faith. They were brave enough to do what others would not do, but I love the fact that they had a unified faith that they were willing to join their faith together to accomplish the mission. Their names might not have been known, but the story continues to be told. And here's what I love. It's not the four friends who get the glory. As we saw in verse 12, God is the one who gets the glory for what takes place in this. Life Center, here's what I know. In Pierce County, there's roughly 633,000 people are on the map. 633,000 people who are disconnected from Jesus and relationship in his church what does that mean well it means that we have to allow our faith to rise up because there's co-workers there's neighbors there's friends there's family members and they quite literally in the condition that they are in cannot get themselves to Jesus they need some faith-filled friends They need some friends who are willing to to step out and to watch God do the impossible. See, these individuals, we talk about them often. These are people who who need healing in their soul. They need connection. They need that joy that comes with knowing that they belong in the family of God. There's going to be some real obstacles if we're going to see 633,000 decrease in the kingdom increase. There's going to be some obstacles, but here's the good news. The faith is real. The obstacles may be real, but the faith is real as well. Here's a third thing that I want you to know. As we look at this story, understand Jesus is the healer of the internal, the external, and the eternal. Jesus provides healing internally, externally, but most important, eternally. See, I, I want you to consider are there things on the inside today for you that, that you need Jesus to be the healer of? He is able. Maybe there's areas in your, your mental health, your emotional health, just feeling inside. Can I tell you, Jesus is able? He's able. He has the authority. Maybe there's things not necessarily in the internal, but but in the external. There's sickness in your body. There's, there's brokenness in a relationship. As you look around at our city, at our, at our county, at our nation, you realize, God, we, we need you to do some healing. Jesus is able to heal the things that are external as well. But don't lose this. Even though there's incredible benefit to, to physical healing, emotional healing, mental healing, societal healing, they are still only temporary catch this, Jesus, Jesus he raised a man from the dead his name was Lazarus Lazarus goes from death to life, but guess what eventually happened to Lazarus, he died Jesus healed the leper and, and the leper, he was, he was healed and it's amazing, but, but guess what, the leper eventually died The blind man who received his sight back. You see, we we celebrate and we believe that God is able to heal physically and it brings him glory. And we believe that he is the giver of good gifts. And we're gonna pray for people who are sick to be made well. But even if we experience physical healing, we need to understand it's still temporary. That's why we have to recognize our deepest need is healing for eternity. Forgiveness is the healing that we all need. Our deepest need is forgiveness and freedom from the grip of sin. You see, as as amazing as physical healing is and all the healing we could talk about, understand there's something so far greater in knowing that Jesus has paid your debt, that you're forgiven, that you're free for eternity. That's why I say, as a follower of Jesus, no matter what happens, We win. We win. That's security. That's confidence. And it's only found in Jesus. So today, friend, what is your greatest need? What is it? You walked in today with something that that has you overwhelmed. Please do not miss the fact that Jesus, he's already overcome And so for whatever has you overwhelmed today, today's your day to release that into the hands of Jesus. Do not walk out carrying the same thing you walked in with. Receive healing. Receive forgiveness. Today, across this room, can I invite you to bow your heads? I'll take a moment for us to, to respond to what the Holy Spirit is, is speaking and doing in our lives. In our earlier gathering, there was a number of people who raised their hand to put their trust in Jesus. In other words, they made that decision to say yes to him. In other words, receiving healing in the form of forgiveness, knowing that their debt is paid, their sin is forgiven, they have a fresh start with God. And today, if that's your desire across this room, you say, yeah, today, Tyler, I wanna know that I'm forgiven. I want to I wanna know that I have a fresh start with God. I want to put my trust in what Jesus has already done for me through his life, his death, and his resurrection. If that's you, can I invite you just to raise a hand, just hold it up and say, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me, yeah, 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 yeah. Second, I want to pray for those of us who walked in being overwhelmed with some stuff. And today, you want to release what has you overwhelmed. You want to put that in the hands of Jesus. You don't want to walk out carrying that same thing. Today, if that's you, would you just simply raise a hand, just hold it up, say, Yeah, that's me, that's me. Yeah, yeah, a lot of us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, can we pray together right now? Jesus, I thank you that you see every hand, you know every circumstance. God, I pray specifically, first and foremost, for those who are overwhelmed. God, there's some big needs in this room today. And Lord, I pray that by your grace, that we would be reminded that you have the authority. We can release these things. We can trust you with them. Jesus, you you can heal us from that Sense of being overwhelmed, we can rest in the fact that you have already overcome. And so, God, I pray right now that friends in this room, those who are watching online, it would literally feel like chains falling off of their soul. God, that you would release the burdens, that you would release those who feel like they are being held captive. Lord, your word says, He who the sun sets free is free indeed. So Jesus, would you bring healing in those areas? And today, if you raise your hand saying you're ready for a fresh start with God, you want to put your trust in Jesus. I'm going to ask all of Life Center to come into agreement with you. We're going to pray this prayer collectively together. Would you say these words? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. And help me to follow you. Every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who made that decision today? Today, I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet all across this room. And as you do, I'm going to welcome our pastors and prayer team. They're going to be on our right and on our left again today. If there's anything we can pray with you about, we would love to be able to do that before you head out to whatever the rest of your day has. I want to remind us that as, as a church, we don't dismiss church. We send the church every week. Because we don't just go to church, we, we are the church. And so Life Center, understand, we have an assignment. Let's be like those faith-filled friends this week. Last but not least, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, my wife Amber and I will be up front. If you're new to Life Center, we just want to take a moment and say hello. And so thanks so much for being here today. We love you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. God bless.